Oh hey, I'm glad you're here. For the final episode of Season 5, we're going to do things a little differently. And up top, I'm going to introduce the guest, my friend and producer of the podcast, J.L. Watkins. Thanks for being here. Oh my god, Season 5 finale already? Yeah. That's crazy. It's so many episodes. How, How many is it? It's like under 50, but it's a pretty good number. Yeah, yeah. Wow. It's eight times five, but then there's a couple doubles in there, I think. It's, uh, too, it's too late for the math. That's true. <laughs> I'm helping my daughter in first grade, and the math is already too confusing for me, so I oh get God. it. Well, thanks for having me. This is uh, fun. I'm usually just listening to these weird conversations as if I'm in the room, and then I realize, oh, I wasn't there. I just listened yeah. to it very intimately uh, <laughs> as I edit it. Yeah, it's pretty wild. Uh, oh, I, I just realized that we're jumping the gun completely. We didn't even play the intro. Oh, you know what? That's my fault. That's my job. Um, all right, let me play the theme music. Click. Hello, and welcome to the final episode of Season 5 of VHS, the podcast where each episode is about a film and the guest has the professional experience portrayed in the film. Normally, and I quote Depeche Mode when I say this, but not tonight. I thought we were watching Blade, talking about how I <laughs> murder vampires in the night. That would be amazing. Uh, I'm your host, Dirk Marshall, and my guest today, as I said, friend and super producer of the podcast, J.L. Watkins. Thank you again for being here. Thanks. You know, I really do think we need to find a, a movie about a disgruntled video editor, and that would be um, my tie-in. I, I mean, with all the Zoom recordings and everything that are happening now, it's probably this year. There you go. Yeah, exactly. Did you see The Host? What? The, the all the all Zoom horror movie that came out on Shutter? Oh, no. No, I was going to say, I thought there was one with um, yes. Saoirse Ronan is the one I was thinking. Plus, I think there's like been 10 different movies called The Host. Yeah, there has. Yeah. yeah. Seven but, were alien films. But I this, guess. yeah, the Zoom one is fantastic. It's really good. Uh, and they shot it, I think, in like three weeks or something and i can't even imagine what the budget was but they did a great job um it's so funny if you spent time on zooms because all the pop-up windows that you see and everything you're like trying to get it off your screen but it's like it's in the film uh i always encourage listeners to follow along on the instagram and twitter it's vhs underscore podcast and they can find bonus content and the original artwork at vh-us.com now jail we met in high school correct Yes, but what are your earliest memories of video stores? Oh my gosh. Well, you know, it was funny. My mom was, weirdly enough, she was a real early adopter in 80s technology. And we were going to the video store. Like, I remember, I got, I've got, I had to have been like 80. 1980, 81, something like that. And, yeah. you know, it's like, well, we're going to go and rent a videotape. And at the time, we had to rent a player and mm-hmm. then rent a tape. And, you know, once we realized, oh, this thing's pretty awesome, there's like 50 different movies in this place to choose from, uh, you know, which it grew quickly after that. Uh, you know, we, yeah. we hooked up the VCR. And early on, my skill was I knew how to hook two VCRs up together to record the movies over. And no adults in my life seemed to know how to do that. And it was like some superpower, you know, in to out, out to in, you know, whatever. But um, we ended up buying a really nice, you know, top loading uh, oh, yeah. VCR. 
And uh, and then we would always it was weird. So whenever we rented movies, we never just rented movies. Like on Friday night, it would be like the coupon to rent the player and the movies, just so I could record everything we rented. So you so know, you just built a whole catalog of them. Yeah, and they were they the pairings never made any sense. It would be like Arthur with Dudley Moore, Empire Strikes Back, and then you know Platoon, or like you know, just the weirdest. And I'd end up watching them. You know, you'd end up just watching the weird triple feature for yeah. no reason. An extended, I, terrible extended play. I loved those like home tapes because you get like a six hour tape, which people are like, that's not a real thing. And I'm like, no, it was. And we would just pack it full of whatever movies like we had whatever in my dad's video store. But we also had like our bootleg home tapes that you would just put in. It's like Gremlins and Ghostbusters and like The Last Dragon or something. And you would just so put it many. on and just live with it. Oh, I still have a box of just weird, weird ones. I've got to take pictures of all the spines and say, oh, yeah, you know, it's funny. It reminds me there was one time I think it was it was um, mid to late 90s. And we were at some one of those drunk cabin in the woods things that we used to do. And you like popped into V. We always like you would always uh, entertain everybody with your videotapes. But it would it was just you watching television for I don't know how many hours and just flipping the channels. And so (laughs) it was the most awesome thing because it was like following your like train of consciousness that night. But also it was frustrating because we couldn't flip the channel back. And we're like, Jack, stop flipping the channel. Yeah, I I started doing those because I had friends that didn't have cable. And so I would just start recording cartoons or whatever, but then I would switch it during the commercials. And it just became this weird addiction of just making like hours upon hours of just insane, like trying to cut sentences so that it jumped to like another word. Like it's, I'm glad you remember those. I still have a couple of them, but it was, it was funny. You had ones that every once in a while you just got hooked on the show, like Dexter's lab or something. And then you just left it on. You you just gave up flipping at some point, but yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I tried to pro- provide some some content in there and not just distractions. But to answer your like original question, um, no, it was just spending a lot of time in video stores. Like, you know, you had the perspective of like, you know, your parents having a store and you like kind of grew up in it. But I was like the kid that was always in your store, I guess, you know, just it was such a it's so wild that, you know, I took my daughter to Movie Madness here in Portland and she's like, what is this? And I'm just like, <laughs> God, it's so weird that you don't have this experience in your life. Yeah, yeah, it's like libraries didn't grab me like that when I was a kid. For some reason, movies completely did like the categories, the weird collections, the employee picks. I mean, libraries have the same sort of similar situation, but it I just it didn't click for me except for in videos and then later like music. And I and then, you know, I just realized like that's how like growing up in the video store taught me how I'm going to ingest all media, apparently. And and I hope by having physical media and my daughter seeing it, that she's going to grow up in that same sort of weird world. Like I've already had to tell her that she can't watch aliens because huh. she's six, but, and she threw her head back and was like, Oh my God. Oh. And I was like, see, this is how it begins. And then you think about that image and you want to see that movie, you know? And like, that's, that's something you don't get from just scrolling on Netflix or whatever. No, I mean, it, you know, the kids can like, because my kids, you know, it's everything's on demand, right? And so right. they'll look at the thumbnail and then it's like, oh, this is the worst. I'll try to get them to watch a movie. And they'll be like, well, let's see the trailer. And I'm like, oh, but what if you couldn't see the trailer and you only yeah. could go by this image and what it said in the description? And they're like, mm, hard pass. <laughs> not gonna, I'm not going to waste my Saturday on this random thing. 
Yeah, my daughter will just be like, I want to watch Littlest Pet Shop. And I'm like, you've watched it through a hundred times. And she's like, yep. I'm like, what, what about something new where there's d- discovery and stuff? And she's like, well, all right. But it's a struggle, for sure. Uh, well, you just answered my next three questions, which oh, is no. very helpful. Uh, and I know when we met in high school, I know that you went to my dad's video store, for sure. Oh, yeah. Uh, did, did you ever go to Putton Video, the arcade miniature golf next door yes and you know what's funny is i never rented i was pretty loyal to y'all but no you know what's funny is the only movie i ever rented from putton video was oh my god we talked about it the other day it was that daryl hannah the one that i always get confused with the other um you know survival horror in the woods movie final whatever oh anyway i yeah, I know. We just talked about it. For some reason, it's a blank. <laughs> um, no, yeah. So basically, I remember seeing that movie like on Showtime or HBO or something a long time ago, like in the mid 80s. And then it was on a couple times and then never saw it again. But it left an impression. And I was like, I have to see this movie to see if it's how I remember it. And um, it in some ways lived up to it. And then some I'm like, oh, I remember this way differently. But I think I did an entire membership to this video store just so I could rent that movie and watch it and then i was late returning it so it was the whole thing but yeah 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 well it was a it was a fun little place there on the same street uh when we met you were uh you're the first person i met for sure that was into twin peaks uh i knew lynch from films and i i remember i watched dune then elephant man and then wild at heart that was like my introduction to him as a director, which makes no sense really when you think about those movies yeah. together. You don't get a feel for the director. So I, I wasn't excited about the Twin Peaks show. I didn't know it really anything about it. And uh, and I was just confused by mostly what I've seen from him. Uh, but you were the first person I ever knew that had not only seen Blue Velvet, but could quote Frank. And uh, so then I knew like, all right, this guy, we're into the same stuff for sure. Yeah, and that movie really wanted me to drink a Pabst Blue Ribbon. Yeah, uh, and then, yes. And I realized it was not not what I uh, thought. No, uh, no, it was funny. It's funny. I think Dune was definitely the first one. You know, I think the first two Elephant Man because as a kid, I remember the Elephant Man was such a bigger deal to us kids as yeah. it was. Like, I don't think my kids even know who he was. Maybe because Michael Jackson bought the Bones, and then mm-hmm. there was a lot of stuff that came out around that time, like Mask. Which isn't Elephant yes. Man, but it was like very similar. There was a lot of like, you're going to feel sorry for this creature kind of genre of films. Um, yeah. yeah. No. And then, you know, Blue Velvet and whatever, Twin Peaks. Um, but it was funny. It wasn't until high school where I started like, you know, you really start getting into like directors. Because, you know, mm-hmm. as a kid, it's sort of like Steven Spielberg, George Lucas's three movies and, you know, things mm-hmm. like that. And then you start realizing like, oh, yeah, this is cool. Yeah. They, uh, the, the, when we went to see Fire Walk With Me was one of my favorite, like, high school age movie theater going experiences. Because a lot of them don't really stand out, to be honest. Um, there's a couple. Uh, maybe the first Batman, because of how old I was, and getting to see, like, the late show of it. That was really exciting. But the Twin Peaks one, because I went with you and a group of your friends who were all equally on fire about seeing Fire Walk With Me. And and I laugh about this all the time because my friend Aaron and I went, we watched it, and then afterwards said, what are we going to do next? And you guys were like, well, we're going back into the theater to watch Fire Walk with me. And we were like, oh, wow, this is like next level stuff. You can't, you, but you were our second show of the day. That was the funny thing is like, oh, uh, we watched that. it right before you guys did. I remember because there was the scene 
uh, some whatever part in the movie where the horse shows up in the middle of the room, and I remember yes. it was like you and Aaron, and it's like he could not be, he couldn't care less about this, and he was like, no. "What is what?" And he like was just like <laughs> threw up his hands at that point, like this is bullshit. Um, and I just remember like looking over and seeing him like, oh, "Why did I do this?" kind of reaction. And I was like, "Oh, I'm here for that. I love it." Yeah, it, it was one of those super fun times. Uh, and then I eventually, I don't know if I told, did I ever tell you this? And then I, I went to Twin Peaks Fest and saw Fire Walk With Me. They played it there as part of Twin Peaks Fest up in um, the Snoqualmie, North Bend area. And Frank Silva, um, Bob, sat directly behind me. Oh my gosh. Like, I couldn't even turn around because he was, he knew what he was doing. He was purposely directly behind me and then like, <laughs> <laughs> like creepy like you know creepily uh, making noises to screw with me in the movie it was so great and afterwards i took a photo and he was really it was fun yeah was he was he nice oh he's the nicest person ever yeah because he he wasn't an actor right no just kind of a, a dude yeah they were all you know it's funny a lot of these early lynch people were kind of like kind of actors and it was sort of like they were right. at that point in their lives were like i could do this or i could make butter or candles yeah. or maybe I... working in my dad's shop or they all kind of had these weird stories where it was this is just kind of what they ended up doing for the rest of their lives. Yeah. I always heard the story that he was like trying to get out of the shot. Like he was either dressing the set or something and, and Lynch saw him crouch down and then was like, that's Bob. It's one of those like film stories you hear that are just like, it wasn't planned. And then this happened, you know, I just heard um, Malcolm McDowell talking about the singing in the rain thing, uh, how that ended up in, um, uh, oh gosh the Clockwork Orange movie was because they couldn't figure out what to do in this scene. And then, you know, the director's just like, can you dance? And Malcolm McDowell says, can I dance? And then he just started doing singing in the rain and and showing like how he would slap the lady or whatever. And that ended up in the movie. And you're just like, what? Like that's not in the script or anything. And like, I love those ideas where you're like, this is the most memorable thing. One of them of that film. And it was just made up. That's wild. This seems like a great time to announce that during our break, we might have a few surprises, so be sure to subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen, but when we return, we'll be with JL again, and we'll be discussing something from Mr. David Lynch. Yeah, so if you want to study up, uh, watch Eraserhead. You have uh, several weeks to do so, and then join it with us fresh, fresh in your mind. There you go. Season six, episode one. We've told you ahead of time one of the many, many secrets. So what is, but you need to explain why am I... I'm doing a racer head. Oh, I was going to wait for that for the next episode. Oh, so the people are just like, wait, what's the, why? Cause I live in the radiator downstairs. Yeah, exactly. He's actually radiator from waist down. Um, I have a question for you. I think we, we touched on this. So for those of you that don't know, this podcast is something that we do every night over PlayStation while we're playing video games. We basically have conversations like this for hours yeah. Um, just talking about random stuff. Um, so it's kind of weird that we're actually sitting and recording it. But um, I think we started talking about films from our childhood that we've been trying to find. And so what was yours yes. that you just recently had? Oh, this could uh, be a... Is this a spoiler? Because this is going to be a future episode, right? No. Oh, I don't think so. Which one did I mention? Australian Santa Claus. Movie. Oh, yes, of course. So there was a film... 
It's called Fortress, uh, which doesn't help because everyone that would know the movie Fortress would be thinking of the Christopher Lambert film where he's in like a future prison. And that's not the film that I saw as a kid during the free week on HBO. Uh, I saw Fortress that was, it's an Australian thriller where a teacher and some students are kidnapped by men uh, wearing masks. One of the masks is a Santa Claus mask. And the small clip I saw was of this mask. So I was looking for an Australian Santa Claus movie uh, for like 30 years and then came across the film Fortress. And now uh, I own it and I'm very excited about it. And I feel so relieved. And it doesn't, it's not about murder of Santa Claus, just spoiler alert. Just one scene in the movie. That's crazy. Yeah. Just the one mask that I saw. So. I have a couple. I have a few, but you know, the only one I don't think I've been able to find, well, I, the only one I've been able to find is uh, Savage Harvest. <laughs> it took me a moment. And it has Tom's, a young Tom Skerritt made in like 1980, 81. And it takes place in Africa and the family is living on a reserve and the, the lions go crazy. And it, it's very Cujo, the movie okay. is. And the lions start mauling and killing everyone. So everyone crowds inside the house and these lions are on the roof some of them get down the chimney and maul someone so they basically lock themselves in a garage and then create out of mattresses um box springs at the time you know they were like just big ass spring things they created a cage on wheels that they wheeled themselves out to the car to get away and they had like little and you know it was, it was total crazy and i just remember like this movie is insane and it was one of those where it was on you know middle of the day in hbo because who knows who's watching this and you know kids watch people getting mauled to death by lions in the middle of the yeah. day and like i did and uh now i've never at least it took me forever to figure out what the movie is now i know and i've just got to figure out how to watch it but i've had like a bunch of other ones there was this weird french cartoon and i swear my google searches were so weird trying to find this and then netflix <laughs> like a year and a half ago this movie has been lost to time or whatever and they yeah. found it and restored it and it's like, blah, 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 whatever. But it's like a child's fairy tale about a king and he, whatever. And so I finally watched that and I'm like, oh, this is crazy. But um, in your family's video store, I found one of the movies that was creeping me out as a child. And I watched it, and this was like, you know, many years ago, but it was called, and maybe you've seen it, it's a ho drama horror film called The Asphyx. Yes. And that is spelled, that is spelled for those of you wondering. <laughs> A-S- P-H-Y-X. And the asphyx is like, the moment before you die, there's a little soul creature that escapes your body. And if mm -hmm. you're able to capture it on film or kill it or something, like has something to do with, right? Something to do with electricity or yeah, phosphorescent light. If you're I remember able the effect. It's dumb. And if you're able to like capture or kill this asphyx, you will live forever. And so it's like this tragic frankenstein tale of this guy that you know tries to live forever with his bride and you know he fails and she dies spoiler alert you're never gonna find it and um and, he <laughs> and i remember he hobbles off at the end like 300 years old living forever and i was like oh my god this movie had such a profound effect on me and then when i eventually saw it i was like and i think i was probably the only place person to play this movie in like a yeah. decade when i played it and i'm like oh this is rough yeah, and I yeah. as a five-year-old kid, that's crazy. Thought about this movie all the time. It's so yeah. weird. Yeah, it's the. It, I mean, seeing movies at inappropriate ages, it's it's really fascinating because sometimes that it's just what one image that you see and it just sticks with you. Like in my story, you know, it's like 
and I'd seen Savage uh, Harvest, uh, but I didn't remember anything about the movie until you talked about the box springs. And then I was like, oh, this is the box spring movie. <laughs> right. Like, Isn't that weird? Yeah. Yeah. Because everything you're saying about lines and stuff, I was like, no, no. But then Tom Skerritt with the box springs, I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, I've seen this. And both those movies that you mentioned, uh, the, the Savage Harvest and the Ass Fix, um, I was looking to buy and I think watched rips of them on YouTube. Oh, wow. And then and then was like, maybe I don't. Maybe I don't buy Asphyx, but... No. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe it's Asphyx. There's like a little more of a pronunciation. It could, it could be, being that you're the only person I've ever heard mention the, the title. <laughs> right. Uh, so we've talked a little bit about things that we've watched in the past, but what are things that you're currently watching? Because that's a conversation we never have on this podcast. Oh, like current films? Yeah, I mean, anything really that you're watching... Since we're breaking the the framework, we might as well just break it completely. Um, you know, so I've been trying to like I was one of these people that like got the Criterion channel a while ago mm. and I oh, yes. you know debated, am I gonna get it? And then when I purchased it, it was like, Hey, we got it was you know, we have David all like all these David Lynch movies and near dark and whatever they like all of a sudden like the Criterion people must have been like, well, we need to get uh JL Watkins in Portland, Oregon to subscribe. <laughs> so let's play all these amazing movies. Uh, this month and then you know take them all away after he subscribes and uh so anyway so it's me just try i i have like a guilt library so i've been trying to get through a lot of that so a lot of atomagoyan movies and oh, yeah. um you know uh some lynchy stuff and uh you know yeah it's been it's been good you know it's television is really where it's at unfortunately you know like we're talking mm -hmm. about the movies but like it's like the golden age of television as they say and it's so easy to get caught up in these shows because it just the quality doesn't let up and it's amazing and and then the releasing of stuff too when they're doing like whole seasons at once you're just like oh good i don't have to worry about what i'm gonna watch for 10 hours it's like and <laughs> right. then you just you're like we'll just put it on and then we'll just watch something uh my daughter is very into course cartoons and things and on disney they did uh the owl house i don't know if your kids oh, yeah. have watched the owl house yeah and it's got witches it's got demons it's got I mean, it's pretty dark. We just finished the second season, I think, today, and it's a cliffhanger. And she was like, threw her hands up in the air, like all pissed. And I was like, "Yeah, that's a cliffhanger. That's this is what happens. Like, you can't watch it forever. Then you have to wait." And she was like, "Why?" And I'm like, "Yeah, it's that feeling. Like, that's that that thing you need." But what, um, what's the so the actress in the Owl House that plays like the disfigured witch that owns the Owl the House? Owl Lady, yeah. Like I. I, it's the, one of those character actresses where you, I don't know her the name off the top of my head, but I can see her. I like when I watch the yes. show, I don't even see the character. I see her like, well, basically, and blah blah yep. blah. Yeah, yeah. I picture her. I can't think of her name right now either, which is horrible. But it is later than normal. Uh, and then another kids film I wanted to mention that we're watching is a satellite satellite girl and Mrs. Wait, no, satellite girl and milk cow. And what? it's, uh, yep, it's 2014. It's about a satellite that becomes a girl and about a boy who I think is turned into a milk cow that then wears a boy suit and there's a wizard that's a roll of toilet paper. Well, I'm, I'm looking that one up. Yeah, it's, uh, it's really good. My, my daughter and I just watched it and the whole time we were like, I don't know what's happening, but this is pretty great. Uh, I like that your daughter has some pretty good taste in like quirky yeah. shows like um so my kid same about the same age um he is really into the get kicked in the balls humor 
Lovecraft <laughs> stuff. Any show, any show or movie, I mean, that has like a slapstick chase where people mm. are fall over and they knock over a bunch of trash cans and then oh they go down the stairs on some something that becomes a sled yeah. and they hit a person <laughs> in the balls and then it's just and it's funny because i you know what so like tonight's movie was the pacifier with vin diesel oh and i thought you were gonna say passion of the christ right no that was last week and he was <laughs> okay. like he's like it's very derivative i read this someplace <laughs> before no and so i as we're watching it i was just kind of like uh but i look over and his face is just lit up and like howling with laughter like slapping his knee like "Ah, oh my god and i'm like okay well this is obviously who this movie is for and right no it's definitely not for me it was so funny yeah there was a part where uh in the door of the explorer movie um did you you saw the live action one yeah yeah, so there's a part where this girl is going to poop in a hole, and my daughter wanted to watch that scene over and over and over. She did. She watched it probably 17 times, um, realistically speaking, because uh, she gets the poop humor so much. So it's just like, you know, you're watching it, and you're like, oh, I mean, this is cute and all, or whatever, and then you see a kid react to a moment, and you're like, oh, they knew what they were doing with this. Like, that's why the kid we- gets kicked in the balls or the goose bites him on the testicles oh. or whatever. We have to watch over and over again um, the movie Fred Claus. And it doesn't matter what time of year it is. And it's just a scene where Vince Vaughn is being chased by Salvation Army Santas. Huh. And it's and it's to like Wooly Bully or Moany Moany. Like one of those songs. You know, and it's just like, oh my gosh. And it's funny. It's cute. And it's funny because every time he watches it, it gets shorter because you've seen it so many times. You're like, okay, it'll be over in. 21 seconds but right oh my gosh over and over play that scene from the santas and you're like oh okay will you go to bed after this yes all right (laughs) one more time yeah uh i recently watched a movie called night game which uh is from i think 90 uh which i got last year from my 31 and 31 how do you spell it it's not night with a k no not n-i-g-h-t night game uh, I got it for my 31 and 31 last year because I was doing sports-themed horror movies on Fridays, so I had Fitness Fridays. Um, but then at the last second, another movie came along and bumped it off the lineup. But it's a really sleek, kind of more of a noir thriller, even though the killer is slashing people with his claw hand. Um, but man, it's shot so well. The whole time I was watching it, I was like, this is a great movie that I've heard nobody talk about. And Roy Scheider's the star of it. And, um, yeah, Night Game, I, re- I highly recommend if people can find it. What's the movie? I know it's so funny. We have the internet, and so neither of us have looked up anything that we have not known the name of this entire yeah. time, which is weird. We're like, oh, we'll just let it go. Um, <laughs> but there was a movie that I saw as a kid, and I'm sure it's not great, but it was it was like Jousting and Knights, and they were on motorcycles. Oh, yeah, yeah. This is... Um... It had, is that Night something? But oh my gosh, this is going to drive me It was crazy. like, let's take Easy Rider and Arthurian Legends and play butt rock music. And oh that, you my know. gosh. No, it's a, it's a famous director's like early film. I think Corman produced it. Well, anyway, oh. that's what I'm watching this weekend as soon as I figure out what it is and oh, how great. to watch it. Perfect. Yeah, I'm gonna get I'm gonna get notes for not uh not remembering that because I've seen it. Oh well. Uh, I I watched Sputnik. Did you watch Sputnik yet? No, not yet. I'm sorry. I will. Oh, 
Okay, well, for anyone that doesn't know, new sci-fi horror from Russia. I found it really well made, super creative. I don't want to spoil it, so I'm not going to say any more about the film than that. But if you like sci-fi horror, definitely check it out. Uh, and then I recently tracked down two gems um, that I've been looking for forever. One of them is called Fatal Termination, a.k.a. Death Blow. It's uh, from China from 1990. And this movie is insane. Like, it starts out and you're like, okay, it's just like a calm, normal cop drama. And it's kind of like a sludge to get through the first part because it's just sort of dreary and they're like setting up like this is the cop and this is the drug lord and da 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 but once they get through that part there's a scene where a girl gets snatched little girl gets snatched from her mom on the street and the car speeds off and it's speeding and the and the the bad guy's holding her out the window of the car by her hair and her little feet are kicking and then the mom jumps on the hood of the car and then they're speeding down the freeway like passing cars and the girl's still outside of the car hanging by her hair it's the craziest scene and then the movie just goes from there to like parts where you're like this is unbelievable and the other one and then at one point a character goes and that is a fatal termination (laughs) I took out my glasses very dramatically yeah. there. Yeah, you guys couldn't tell, but it was very, very David Carradine. No, wait, not David Carradine. Is it, what's that guy's name? Oh, the the, uh, the redheaded dude. David Caruso. Yeah. <laughs> David Carradine. Uh, what is uh, up with, like, usually the two of us are like, blah, 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 culture yeah. trivia. And tonight we're like, I don't know name of character <laughs> of movie. It's it's called, we'll just record it. And then the second we record it, then we're just like, I you don't know, know what the internet is. I don't know what these words are. And this is the restraint that I'm showing. Dirk and I are powering through this, trying to do as few edits as possible. Yes. So we're, we, we're just going to look dumb a couple times uh-huh. so that I don't have to we re-record and, and make simple edits. Absolutely. This is, a, this is a real deal situation. There's no glamour editing here. Mm. Um, but if there was, it, it would be helpful. Uh, the next film is <laughs> Get Get Even with no space. It's just Get Even. Get Even. Get Even, a.k.a. Road to Revenge, a.k.a. Champagne and Bullets. And it's from 93. It stars a man named John DeHart, who also directs it. Uh, you get a very coked-up Wings Hauser in this movie. And it's just one of those vanity projects of an attorney-slash-actor-slash-director type situation where it is nuts. Every decision is awful. Uh, the, the guy's line readings are staggering he's way too old for the role and it's just one of those like action pieces where he he thinks he's clearly killing it but he mean it's i mean yeah everyone should should track that down i don't know if it's even on youtube i think the trailer is so check out the trailer for sure um get even yeah i'm trying to go through cyberpunk films oh like Johnny um, Mnemonic? Yeah, I mean, that's like my last resort. But, you know, I'm <laughs> yes. doing a Nemesis. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I bought the super crazy edition Blu-ray finally instead of my old one. With And so, I'm yeah, I'm ready. I, that'll probably what'll start it off and, you know, stuff like that. Yeah, Johnny Mnemonic, I'm like, oh, I don't know. I, I saw that in the theater. It was, it was pretty disappointing. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about uh, Split Second, the Rooker Hauer movie? Is that is that? just science fiction or was that classified under your cyberpunk i'll have to revisit it and find and find out That's yeah there's also a movie called future kill that has an amazing cover but um that tricked i think everyone into renting it but it, it i think it has sort of a cyberpunky kind of it's funny because now apocalypse now that i say i'm gonna do all these cyberpunk films i start thinking about like 
Yeah. They were all really bad 90s movies, a lot of them. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to make it very far through this plan of mine. Yeah. That's how I am with the apocalypse movies. Like, I love all the old, like, Italian apocalypse apocalypse movies and things. But two at a time is what I probably would recommend any sane person watch. Like, after that, it's like, you need a palate cleanser or something a little different. Some Disney. Yeah, something to something to clean it up a little bit for sure. Um, but since I mentioned the thirty-one and thirty-one earlier, I thought this would be a nice time to maybe divulge my thirty-one and thirty-one for October twenty twenty. Uh, yeah, you you sent me a like a image of a rough draft of it, uh-huh. and I remember going, "Oh my gosh, it is yeah. packed." Um, yeah. So there's some double features this year and what happens often is there's a plan and then things fall by the wayside um Mm. meaning like my wife will have like a trip planned or something i know this year but like uh something would happen where we're not where i can stream something so then it's like if i don't bring the dvd or the blu-ray and we don't have a player then i have to double down which means something else gets bumped but this is right now the plan so anyone listening that needs some films uh feel free to make note of any of these and i'll tell you the themes first uh so we got possess sunday so any possession is happening on sunday oh the sacrilege Uh, yes mini mini murderer monday speaking of sacrilege this day was um sunday last year uh meaning all movies where children kill their parents (laughs) which if if you're a parent is a terrible choice for for a, a film um it's very depressing but this time it's mini murderer things, so small things that kill people. Uh, Nosferatu Tuesday, self-explanatory vampires. Uh, Witchy Wednesday, which is every October. My wife loves the witch movies, so those yeah. stay there. Creatures Day, which is Thursdays of creature features. Wait, wait, let's stop there. Didn't you watch? Was it last year or the year before you watched Practical Magic? Yep, that was Witchy Wednesday. It's not a horror movie though, per se. Oh right. That's a great point. So what I do is I'm just using the subject matter. Okay. So uh, because I watch horror movies year round, I kind of use this as a time to sort of force myself to see new things, revisit stuff, and not just stick to old favorites. It's, I delight- clearly... it's a delightful movie, though. So it I'm is no, no judgment. It's wild. And the choices they make in that movie are, are very strange. Uh, <laughs> we, we enjoyed it. Uh, there's What the Fuck Friday, which is just the strangest of the movies that I've found. Mm. Uh, and then Slasher Saturday, very straightforward, but there's so many slashers that you have to, um, I think, have a day dedicated to those. So I'll just go through the categories because it'll make more sense that way. It'll be faster. Uh, Possession Sunday, we have Nightmare Sisters, uh, Mausoleum, and then a double feature of Fear No Evil with Kathy's Curse. And then for the 25th, we're doing Amityville it's about time oh yeah which is where the amityville house has like embodied its powers into random things like clocks it's about time yeah the film's great and actually that's the last line of the film so there you go uh mini murder mondays we got a double feature of hobgoblins and munchies and then the brood and then ghoulies two and then dolls and then the last week the the gate and night of the creeps because Night of the Creeps is like one of my favorites, and it just has to be on there. This is like one where like Full Moon Entertainment would like call you up and go, "Listen, we've got like an entire right. library made for you, man. Why aren't you doing yeah. it at Full Moons?" That's like, true. Seriously, every movie isn't it like a doll or something tiny killing people on Full Moon? Yeah, 
Yeah, it's either that or breasts, I think, is how helpful oh, you need to know other movies. That's what uh, I was Yeah. Nosferatu Tuesday, we have Pale Blood, which is another Wings Hauser joint. Layer the White Worm, Ooh, Life Force, one. and that last week of October is where you really need the powerhouse hitters, so Near Dark. Yes. Oh, my God. You're going to love that synth, that sweet synthesizer I... sounds that are amazing and also weirdly out of place in a Western yeah, vampire Yeah, I haven't. I haven't revisited since the VHS days. Uh, and you said it's on Criterion, right? Yeah. That's awesome that there's a Criterion version of Near Dark. It is. A, yes. It's funny. That was like Catherine Bigelow used to make all of her movies were like point break. Mm-hmm. Perf, uh, you know, Near Dark. Um, and then I think U51 kind of threw it off. But they were all like two, <laughs> two words. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Strange days. You're like, wow. Okay. You got to break free from this. That's where Steven Seagal got it from. Oh. He's like, out for justice. Strange. Mark for death. Yeah. Final extermination. <laughs> um, no, you know what? I That is strange days. Does that is that cyberpunk? I think it's close enough. Although my problem is that that movie is um, I know it's that they of... wanted to, to make it around Y2K. Yeah. But it was like, pick a movie that's not four years in the future for your crazy, insane, futuristic technology. Yeah, that's true. It it's isn't it more like virtual reality, or am I wrong there? Yes. Wait, yeah, it's ooh, like, it's is good. virtuosity? It's good, is oh. virtuosity a cyberpunk? You know what the problem is? Is cyberpunk is like it really has to have like this punk rebellion element to yeah. it. So a lot of stuff that you would say is cyberpunk is kind of more like computer mischief or fucking, right. you know rich person does computer bullshit. Yeah, because hackers, what you wouldn't put as cyberpunk. They're kind of punky, though. They're punk. I, would, I mean, although, Matthew but it's not, Lillard. But that's more like, yeah, see, but that's not the, that, that doesn't have the futuristic sort of element to it. It's more like, right. yeah. It's tough yeah. to nail the genre in, uh, in films, I guess. It is tricky. Uh, Creatures Day, we start off with Freak Maker, um, which I'm pretty excited about. Then Funhouse, which is another movie I just jam into any day just because i love funhouse <laughs> so much um the boneyard the being those are double features another double feature project metal beast which is robot oh, werewolves i was wondering yeah. when you're gonna do metal beast last year it was just everyone's all about metal beast so that's cool yeah and then night beast is the other one there and then killer clowns from outer space just because oh. i love it and then the 29th monster squad oh you are yeah nice i'm just it's, you know, it looks so good. It's two days before Halloween. It's got all the universal monsters in it. I, I just, it's perfect. That's one of the ones I have to revisit before I show my kids. Wolfman's well, like, got nards. It's going gonna, it's gonna to no, play. No, that's going to play. But then I'm like, there was that 80s, late, late 80s, 90s casual sort of like homophobia mm-hmm. and stuff where I'm like, you know, Bill and Ted always gets me like, yeah. the, oh my God. So... We're watching Bill and Ted, and I'm like, you guys are going to love this. And I'm like, uh, uh, and so I play it for it for the kids. And I knew the scene where they hug and then they, they call each other fag. Like, uh, yeah. I knew that was coming. So I muted it. And they're like, Dad, uh, someone's wrong with the TV. Uh, and I'm like, oh, no, it's working. And I muted that. And then they <laughs> wanted to watch it again later. And I'm like, ready to I pick up the remote right at that time, mute it. And they're like, oh, what's happening? They turn off the volume. So to this day, they had no idea that's in the movie. And I'm like, I right. can't keep this up forever. Every time they watch Bill and Ted, I mute that part. Um, but we watched Bill and Ted too. And I only, and I, I remember like in the, yeah, I watched it a few times when it came out, but it was not really a, a favorite of mine. And um, 
I forgot they say it in that movie too. And they, you know, knock them off a cliff and then their evil versions say it. And the kid's are like, what is that? And I'm like, oh, oh my God. No. Oh, my wife looks me like, great. Good job. Yeah. You had to show him bogus adventure. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> and now watching, I guess they probably could have, could have, they wouldn't have known who death is and all that kind of stuff. I guess they had, they made enough nods. He kind of had to see it, but. Right. Oh my Did gosh. They, they liked face the music. Yeah, it was great. Yeah, yeah they loved it. I agree. So good. Uh, WTF Friday starts off with St. Bernard. And it was going to be Tammy and the T-Rex, but I just showed that mm. to two people last night, and my wife is not going to probably sit through Tammy and the T-Rex <laughs> and, again. And that's not even the first time you've showed it to people this year. Like, no. It was like, I recall a couple other screenings where you're like, well, we're watching this, yeah. Yeah, it's just one where I'm like, you guys can choose, but this has Paul Walker. And people are like, compared oh. to the other movies I show them, they're like, ah, oh, Paul Walker. And I'm like, suckers. Uh-huh. Uh, then Devil's Honey in Blood and Black Lace. That's a double feature. Then Beyond Evil and The Beyond, because there's some beyonds. Mm. Um, Wild Beasts and Cemetery Man. And then on the 30th, House, the first one, mm. and Phantasm. Oh, Wow. I love Phantasm. For me, I would put it the first day I, of October, just because the score, it just makes me think of fall in Oregon. We have these beautiful falls that just feel like every, like the first Halloween movies, you know, where it's just like all the leaves are changing color and falling. And I just, maybe I've just walked around too much listening to the Phantasm soundtrack, but right, yeah. I just love it. You know, it's funny is like it, immediately I was like, you're like house and Phantasm. And I'm like, nope, for me, it's house two and Phantasm two. Right. Yeah, uh, for I just feel like the first Phantasm is, feels like more Halloween for me. Phantasm Two is definitely more my thing, kind of like Evil Dead, Evil Dead Two. Oh, Evil I can Dead Two, yeah. The first Evil Dead, but the wildness of Two is like so great. And House Two, I think, is definitely more fun, right? I just yeah, I don't remember House One, so I was just like, yeah, House, yeah. House One was the scary movie, and House Two is the kind of like let's have an adventure. Yeah. Oh, like Waxwork and Waxwork Two is the same thing. Yeah. Like. You watch Waxwork 2 and you're like, this is what, like, one should have been this much fun. Like, where was Bruce Campbell then, you know? Right. Uh, and then Slashers. We got Madman and Pieces, which I think is a great double feature. Uh, the Wind and Murder Rock, that's a double feature. These are all double features, by the way. Edge of the Axe and Popcorn. The Wind. Now, is that the one that came out where it's like the... No, the... not a Western. What's the Western one called? It's where it's the like, wind. Oh, okay. It is. Yeah. I was like, yeah. <laughs> am I going crazy here? Yeah. That's the one where it takes place in the plains and there's like some devil yes. or vampires at work. Okay. So what's yeah, this, yeah. what's this wind? This one is, uh, hold on a sec. Where did I put it? Here it is. Oops. Oh yeah. Uh, this one has, oh, let's see. So it's an Italian film, I believe. Um, you know, I don't know. I think it's like, it's when I sort of, oh, here it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's kind of like a, a killer wielding a sickle type situation. Um, also has Wings Hauser in it. And, uh, wow. but wait, who's the lady that's in it? Uh, Meg Foster. That's the name I was looking for. You'll recognize her from there. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um. But yeah, I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing. And you said seeing... Murder Rock. Murder Rock, yep. Which and... I have right here in front of me, so I'll do a uh, quick description. There it is. Uh, it's the ultimate music filler nightmare. 
The world of dance is brutal. The rehearsals, rehearsals are grueling. The competition is fierce. Oh, that's pretty cool. At an art center in New York City, the best of best are dying for a part in the major production, but only a select few will be chosen. Oh, that's cool. Now I want to watch this. Yeah. And this is Italian also, right? Yes, very mm. much so. The famous director... Lucio Fulci. Oh, weird. I actually have a lot of Fulci's on for some reason this, this year. Uh, then House of Sorority Row and Graduation Day with the option of Sweet 16. So that's an option in there. And then for the 31st, it's Pledge Night and, of course, Trick or Treat. Yeah, so Trick or Treat, I know you guys, is an annual thing. But I can't remember. It's Candyman is your wife's favorite, though, right? Or is it Trick yeah. or Treat? It's Candyman. So Candyman, when when Sarah and I both got married, we both were doing social work, and her job was very grueling and very long days and very dark subject matter. So dark that the movie she put on to fall asleep every night was Candyman. <laughs> you know, as you do. Yeah, and uh, and so that's what we've seen Candyman more times than anything that I've encountered in my whole life, probably. Um, and then it would get to be Twin Peaks. But the problem with Twin Peaks is that the series is that she would watch it. Right. Yeah. She, loves, you look she loves it so much. Um, yeah. So what do you think about the, are, you, are you excited about the Candyman remake? Is it a remake? Is it a re? Because it looks like it's like back in the same neighborhood where it all began. Right. You know, I'm excited. I'm interested. Um, Sarah's brother, Dave, met the director, I think, at the Sundance Director's Lab. Um, and said that, you know, she's amazing. Uh, and so if anyone could do something cool with it, I, from what I've heard, and I haven't read up a lot, is that it's like a continuation of the sort of pathos of Candyman. So they're not, they're not erasing everything like that Halloween reboot that happened, um, where they're like, okay, Halloween two through 47 Which doesn't I exist. You, I, and... I liked it way more than I thought I would. Mm, yeah. I just, a lot of people did. I wasn't super into it but um with the Candyman thing since they're just like moving with the stories which i like that i like i don't think you have to create alternate universes and things and i think tony todd does do something in the film so even if it's his voice whispering i'm like that's super awesome that they even acknowledge that yeah but it'll be interesting to see what the whole story is the morality of the tale and sort of the impact of it it's a bummer they pushed it back for a whole year but is it a bloom house it is yeah 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 but i mean so was that uh that halloween they all the are. next the next two <laughs> yeah you know okay so let's talk about the halloween real quick um yeah you know what so there was a point where like once i think halloween five I, mean, I can't even say like when they fell apart because 80s 90s slasher films were just like so repetitive mm -hmm. and the mask i remember the mask changed in five that mask was always a problem once you go back and read how they never took care of it they're like oh let's just throw it in a fucking dumpster and oh we need yep. that mask again you know it's a total nightmare <laughs> um but i do like you know but it's funny because it takes um, I, it's on HBO, like all it used to be like, or one of those channels all the time. So maybe I think just Stockholm, I just keep watching it to the point where I'm like, I like it now. Um, yeah. and I kind of like live for those two, like, uh, podcasters to get murdered. I'm like, Oh yeah, this is cool. Um, but there are some moments where I'm, you know, where he picks up the mask and it's like, it's got the crazy kind of music yeah. moments or whatever, but no, it's, it's good. It felt like it, it felt like a eighties Michael Myers kind of movie before they, just went off the rails a little bit. It felt like Halloween 
not as much him just randomly driving around like a weirdo but right the driving like he got a license somewhere that's the thing i always thought was hilarious about that jeepers creepers movie is that the uh the monster had a personalized license plate which means like he would have had to gone to the dmv right and then have to wait like four to six weeks for processing yeah and he's like i want it to say be eating you and they're like beating you and he's like no be yeah. eating that wasn't like, even I his eat- first choice he had like something <laughs> even worse and they had that oh my god oh yeah but like for me like in the video store i just was never precious with a lot of these things like i i listen to uh you know podcasts where horror people are so gung-ho about these things and i love that they're passionate about it and they found these things that they love but i just never felt that like i didn't care about five connecting to six or whatever like i was just like oh the new one's out i'm gonna go watch it i mean we're all gonna watch it like people will howl at the moon on twitter about how like they're so pissed at whatever's coming out but like the truth is if you love a genre you're gonna watch it anyway they're still gonna get your money (laughs) right i mean it is funny though i know somebody that went and saw halloween but went in cold so in their mind they were watching halloween nine (laughs) <laughs> or whatever no not counting the two remakes so whatever they were going right. into it was after h2o and after whatever and then they were like but i don't understand because she was in this one and i'm like no 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 it's the rest didn't happen and like oh 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 yeah that you know that's why it's called halloween like the first one right so what? confusing yeah yeah it's like we're gonna have alternate horror universes i was i hope the next thing they do is just do what they did for like Stephen King on the TV series where they were like, you know, we'll make it all like a, a oh, town. Like, oh, Castle Rock. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I want them to do that for like Clive Barker, even though that would be like NC-17 or mm. like, you know, Carpenter. And like, I mean, that would be just be great where, you know, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre exists in the same world as the Toolbox Murders or whatever. Well, those two are similar, but yeah, it would just be uh, a horror dream instead of just rebooting titles and things because it's, just make a new one yeah by the way i have watched um i i was slow to watch dr sleep because i was like i don't know if i want i want to watch a sequel slash spiritual successor to the shining yeah. and then you had it on your podcast and yeah. i had to watch it like in a weird way as i edited the podcast and then i went back and like okay i gotta watch this and um it like I think part of maybe why it resonated so much is like, I love shining. I always go to Timberline lodge. Yep. Um, I love the Flanagan stuff. Like I loved um, Hill house last year on Netflix. I'm so excited for Bly Manor coming up. So there was like, I think it just hit this perfect sweet spot. Oh, the outsider on HBO was like one of the best Stephen King adaptations. Like, so that like everything has just been firing. Like all, it was like a perfect storm of how great that movie is. And like the cast is stellar, but um, so I've watched it. It's on HBO or something. So I've seen it. Like I'll be editing late at night working and then I'll flip through channels um, to watch something that I can edit, but not like watch, but I can like be there. And so all of a sudden I'm like, oh, Dr. Sleep. And then I realize, oh, it's the first scene in the movie. I'm like, well, I guess I'm watching the whole thing now. You know, it's like three and a half, four hours long. Yeah, but that's what's... how I felt too. Like I'm just the beginning scene. I was like, well, I'll just watch like the part where the little girl comes down to the water and then I'm just like, she's so good that I'm like, all right, here's four hours of my life. Just take it. Well, what's wild too is like, I think maybe the reason why I think about the movie so much too is um, we've been doing, you know, due to COVID, we've been doing a lot of road trips 
And I've had to do with some weird drives for work and stuff where I stop at like rest areas and we're at campgrounds. And I swear to God, I see the true knot everywhere. <laughs> I'm like that group of people there are weird psychic vampires. And, uh, yeah. and it's so once you kind of like see that world, which doesn't exist, it's all in my mind or in Stephen King's mind. But once you see it, you're like, oh, gosh, what's going on here at this campground? Turns out they're just sex predators and, you know, not vampires or whatever, but it's so weird. Either way, just steer clear, I think, is the best thing for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> well, that was everything I had set up for us to talk about. Oh, I think, man. Uh, we, we, could, uh, we could probably save all the rest of this conversation for the first episode of season six. Of VHS. Oh, were you waiting for me to, like, a dramatic... Of VHS. <laughs> yes. Yes. We should have rehearsed. Yeah. Oh, okay. Here, we'll, we'll start it again. Ready? But I'm not going to edit this. We're just going to do it again. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Okay. okay. This is uh, this is how the butter's made, people. That's the thing. Uh, okay, great. Well, we'll save the... <laughs> A VHS. <laughs> that was perfect. Uh, my favorite part of the podcast is when, like, you'll have the conversation. Oh, and we're supposed to end it now, right? Where we're like... Well, yeah, thanks yeah. for having me on the show. You bet. And it's but it's like a couple back and forth. Thanks. You're welcome. No problem. Thanks a lot. Talk to you later. Thanks. <laughs> See ya. This is great. <laughs> thanks. Yeah. yeah. But then um, sometimes I won't realize that's the end, and I'll just let you keep talking your post game stuff. Like, oh, that was great. Yeah. Thanks a lot for coming on the show. Yeah, no problem. And you're like, jail. You forgot to edit that off the end. So, yeah, some bonus well, content. But yeah, bonus. People like to hear that kind of stuff. Um, speaking of bonus content, I was thinking about this. So VHS tapes really never had bonus content. They maybe it would have like a VHS that came with it, or sometimes like if it was something short, like Thriller, they would have like the mini documentary after or whatever. Yeah, but, yeah. But DVDs is where like you know the commentary track really came in, and um, you know all the features. But it's so weird now because I felt like it went away for so long. But now, do you, do you ever watch? Do you ever rent a movie and then watch the bonus features on? the on-demand like if you rent it on voodoo or something like i don't know just yes. thinking about this you actually go and watch the bonus features that are included in the rental i've done it one time uh and i don't remember which movie it was uh but it came with like oh it was like deadpool oh. like i rented deadpool to see what it was and then turned out enjoying it way more than i thought i would i i, I laughed at a bunch of stuff that i was like almost mad at myself i'm like oh they got me but uh it came in with all this bonus stuff. There was like 15 or something things that were just on the, I think Xbox at the time is what I was on. But like, so I was like, well, I'll just watch some of this stuff. And I did, but normally I don't normally I just stream it. And that's why I buy physical media because then I want to like watch the bonus stuff. Well, you know, maybe think of physical media the other day too. That's really important is even DVDs because they'll do a commentary when the movie first comes out. And especially when DVDs were in their like really weird heyday of like 1996, pre two, pre 2000, where the commentaries were like such a big deal. And the films came out and they were a little really wild. And, um, it's wild because movies get re-released and they do a new commentary. And it's kind of crazy to think that early one, some of the weird stories and stuff are kind of lost to time. And so the specials, um, James Gunn's movie is coming out, but they read, they did a new, oh, right. com they did a new commentary and I'm like, Oh my God, there's so much amazing stuff in the first one that I'm sort of like, I'm so glad I have the physical media because some of the stories and weird moments in it, you know, are lost. And 
there's some movies by the way that i like the commentary more than the movie and like one of them is i still have it i don't know why it's so precious to me is can't hardly wait kind of a throw i wouldn't say it's a throwaway teen movie yeah but the the reason why i got it is because the the at the time i was obsessed with like directing and the people that directed it were just writers that were like hey you want to make a movie and they're like okay so the two writers directed this movie with all these weird who all of these teens have gone on to be way bigger but they're just stories of like on the set of just the weird stuff is so great and it's just weird to think that like that could be you know it's lost if you just you know not knowing that even exists or whatever yeah, I it's I've heard a couple like collectors of DVDs and Blu-rays talk about specific uh, commentaries or or, or uh, featurettes on new editions. But my favorite is when they mention, like you said, the previous ones because they'll be like, "No, there's a gem that's lost. Like they updated this thing, but they couldn't carry over something because of rights to whenever it was released, and then that just goes by the wayside." I would lo- I would love a podcast that's just about those bonus features because uh-huh. like I would. I, I found early on when I had time off pre-kid uh, that if I put a movie on in the morning, I would do nothing with my free time. But if I put a movie on with commentary, them talking about creating something would inspire me to do something with the day. And I also would love hearing all the stories of like, well, then we had to go get this. And, you know, instead of an arm, we had to use a two by four with a rubber glove on it, whatever it is. And uh, yeah, yeah. Um, Going back to something we said previously, the movie that started with a K that you were talking about with jousting motorcycle people was Knight Riders. See, I knew it was Knight something. Knight Riders. And it's George Romero. Oh, that's right. That's right. And it's like, uh, my brain was just like, there's no way. Yeah. Knight Riders. Oh man. It's not it's not bad, but it's it's pretty weird. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, Night Riders. It's on. There it is. Track it down. It's Romero, so I mean it's got to be there's probably a beautiful conversion. That's the thing I love that's happening right now from Vinegar Syndrome and Diabolic mm. and all these people is like they are making these movies look better than I grew up watching them. Like they didn't get the good VHS treatment, you know? And so like I saw Carpenter's The Fog, and my wife was the same way. I didn't know there was something in the fog. The screen was so <laughs> mushy that, like, we were just like, sure, that's spooky, I guess. And then we put it on, and the definition and everything, we were like, this thing is beautiful. Yeah. Like, he shot this thing. I mean, it's wow. And, we, you know, you spend 30 years thinking that something's, like, not that great. And that made, we could go down this rabbit hole forever, but you made me think of a commentary from John Carpenter that is amazing and weird is for vampires. Oh, God. But what's really weird about it is half of the commentary is him talking about the music he's playing in the movie. So, like, you'll be like, <laughs> oh, my God, the scene's coming up with the vampire and whatever. And he's like, now, on the base, I believe was slim. Whatever. And you're like, it's the what? wild. Yeah, you're like, just talk about the movie. But he, you're like always like the music cues throughout the whole thing after a while you're like all right i'm in for it it's so funny wow i see that's a great tip because that's a movie i saw in the theaters and was like i will never watch this movie again that's the one with like john bon jovi right no it's it's with it's with a baldwin oh james woods is in it right yes (laughs) and cheryl lee laura palmer's in it Oh, I don't know why I think John Bon Jovi's in that movie. Was he in a, maybe he's in a sequel. It's really, it's like, you know, it's the movies. It's rough because it's like, feels a little misogynistic, but it's like, is he just mean to vampires or is he mean to women vampires? Like I'll right. smack you across the face and you're like, whoa, dude. Calm James down. Woods. Yes. It's a little bit. There's a point where I'm like, this is too much. This is too much for me. Maybe she was like a liberal vampire and he just right. was mad about it. <laughs> 
so crazy. Oh, man. Well, this has been awesome, and I'm glad that we were able to break uh, our strict, strict rules on the podcast to end Season 5 with this conversation with JL, and we'll be back with Season 6, Episode 1, talking about Eraserhead. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being here. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome. (laughs) Okay, cue awesome outro music now. Click.